this is an intro, more or less, anyway, to what's coming over the next few weeks as we lead up to Thanksgiving. And um, one of the things that I want us to understand, though, that I mean, it's not anything about Thanksgiving other than just uh, it's more about the vision of the church. Um, you might have seen in the bulletin that I changed it from the eye of the storm because after the third remnant of a hurricane came through here, I decided we were done with that. Uh, even though it was only rain this week, it was just 40 degrees all day and cold rain. But it was still part of another storm. And I had told, I guess a couple weeks ago, I said, if another one comes through, we're done with the series. <laughs> so as we talked this morning, don't tempt God, don't test him, don't lay a fleece out accidentally. Even then, I feel bad. But where we're going today is it's something where we're at right now. And honestly, as I thought about this, I was like, oh, this is five, six years down the road. No, it's not. Um, 2020 is a year and two months away. In case anybody's wondering, doing math, it doesn't feel like it should be. But the year 2020 is a couple, not even a couple years away. Um, 2020 vision is something that we've heard our whole lives. If you go to the eye doctor one time. They test you. Sometimes 2015 is better. Sometimes 2010 is great. I'm still not sure what perfect vision is. But 2020 is supposed to be, or at least for a long time, was considered perfect vision. Then they found out that some people can see things closer, which I don't understand why that didn't then become 2020. Instead, it became, well, you can see it 20 feet what some people can see at 15 but to me, that seems like it should be a little farsighted rather than 2020. 20 feet, what you can see at 20 feet, what others can see at 20 feet, that's 2020 vision, in case you need to know. That is um, how that works. So I still, like I said, don't understand the whole process of how that works. I just know that my vision is 20 and a lot, and that means that I can't see anything. If you can see it at 20 feet, I can see it at about six inches. So um, you do the math. Either way, what we're looking at here and what we're going to go into over the next few weeks and what I want us to really understand is there's a couple things happening here. One is the vision that we have in this church. There's a vision by the time we get to 2020 of where we want to be as a church. And I have that. I didn't realize I had it until I started really studying this and where I think we can go. How will this church grow? How will our lives grow spiritually? How will all of these things happen? Well, we're going to start with Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, as I say that, I want to just say one thing. That verse does not mean what we have come to think it means in the church. And you can bear with me a little bit as I bring that to you. But there's a lot of folks in the church today who have that verse completely mixed up. And this is going to step on toast because I've had to really concentrate and study and think about it. But if you'll turn to Psalm 37, we're going to start there. And please just bear with me because the Lord's given me this message for today. And it was affirmed through conversations that I had last night even. Um... I saw something last night that was beautiful as Brian and Shelby were getting ready to get married. And I've seen things like this before. And I've had conversations with Brian 
numerous times um, about where he's at and and about Shelby. And I know that he was very excited and happy uh, going into all of this. But when she came through the door and started walking down the aisle, he just raised his arms and looked up and started praising God. And those are things that we don't normally take into consideration about how a life lived in the spirit truly can be. And that's something that really opened my eyes to this. And then having other conversations throughout the evening, it was almost like things just started to fall into place. Because here's what happens. I do believe that everything here has happened with a purpose in mind. I do believe that everything that has happened here over the last two years, almost two and a half years, um, or two and a quarter years, I guess, if we really get the details on it. Since I came here in July of 2016, there has been a vision verse that I have shared with you in the bulletin every week. And that is my prayer. That is my vision for where we go as a congregation is that a small family will become a mighty nation. That is truly what it says in the word of God. And I've prayed that over this congregation many times. And I have also prayed the last part of that verse, which is that at the right time, the Lord will make it happen. Now we've seen one or two come here and there last week. We felt like, hey, you know, there's a lot of folks here. Well, you know, they may be back. We don't know what the plan is on all of that. What I do realize, however, is where we've messed up along the way I want to get us back on track a little bit. The train derails at certain verses in Scripture. So over the next few weeks, what we're going to look at, 2020 vision is so that we can get ourselves clearly focused on what is taking place. Not only for seeing it the right way, but also for the next year and two months as we lead up to 2020. Because the vision that we have right now is in view, it's in focus, and it can take place. And we started with the revival, and Jonathan shared with us a few things. And as Pastor Jonathan shared those things, one thing I want us to realize is that there is a timeline that we can see at work. I mean, we put a timeline together when we go to talking about reconstruction of the things that need to be reconstructed in the basement or in the classroom area, all the way up to we can have a vision for where things go, but we need to make sure that that vision is not our vision. It's not a vision that we've come up with. It's not a vision that we have become concerned with, but it's a vision that God has for us. And so looking at Psalm 37, what I see in that, and it's really something that I think we all need to really take a look at. But as we look at this over the next few weeks, the vision is going to come from verses that have been used to give vision, but verses that have been misused while giving that vision. And I know it's going to sound crazy to even think about and go over and Blake, you're probably going to, I'm probably going to rely on you a little bit in conversation. So I may text you at times and ask you questions as well. But what we're looking at here is Psalm 37, four is one of those verses. Jeremiah 29, 11 is definitely one of those verses. We kind of started this a couple weeks ago with 2 Chronicles 7.14 and the conversation we've been having about that. So it really is not a new series so much as a transition from one to the next. We didn't really start a new series, or we, we more or less started this series a couple weeks ago when I started talking about 2 Chronicles 7.14 and the fact that we have to refocus 
on that verse and understand that it doesn't just tell us that if we will humble ourselves and pray, that we also have to seek his face. We also have to turn from the wicked ways. Well, Psalm 37 says this, starting in verse 1, Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. I want to stop there, and I want to say this. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Number one, that does not mean he will give you earthly desires. We need to clarify that before we go any farther. What in the world could it mean to delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart? Well, it does not mean that if you want the things the world has that makes them happy. I shared it on Facebook this week. I I believe I even said it in a sermon a couple weeks ago. Happiness can be found in material things and happens here on earth. Joy, true joy comes from God and is lasting and it doesn't fleet when the things go away. True joy comes from knowing Christ and having a relationship with Him. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart has nothing to do with worldly desire. It has nothing to do with, well, God promised He's going to give me everything I want. God promised He's going to give me everything I need. God promised me this and that and this. No, that is not what He says here. God did not promise you that He would give you good things on this earth that the world would consider good. He didn't promise you that he would give you those things. Now he did promise us that what we do in secret, he will reward openly. But let me clarify something when I say that. That reward is not the desire that we have a good public standing. It's not the desire that we have a good bank account so that we can go and live like the world and do the things the world wants us to do and make them think that we're a great person, that desire that he is talking about here, when we delight ourselves, actually, let me go on a little bit. It explains, but we, we're so great as Christians. I'm, I'm going to back up and go here, but we're, we do a really good job as Christians of one thing, and that is this, taking one verse out of a group of verses and turning it into an argument for everything that we want in life. I have been one of the most guilty people of it. John 3.16 is not just John 3.16. It's John 3.16 and 3.17 and 3.18. And there's more to the scripture than what we do. We do ourselves a disservice as Christians when we come to God's word and we take one verse and we say this verse explains everything. Right. Inspirational verse calendar. I, was it Luke 4.7? I came across, I I believe it's Luke 4, 7, and I don't have it. I didn't even write this down. This just kind of came to me. Um, There's an inspirational calendar, and it has a quote in it. And it was one of these things, and, and let me make sure I have the scripture right as I look at it. But it it's a quote that it says this in it, and the calendar said this. Um, therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. It was in an inspirational calendar. 
How do I know this? It was on my birthday that I actually saw this. And it was on my actual birthday that this was in a calendar and, and quoted. And I looked at it and I'm like, something's not right here. It simply only says, therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. Vision would say that's a really good verse, right? Unless you know who said it. See, it's very inspirational to the world around us today. Somebody probably has a Bible verse calendar and they're like, oh, that's a great verse. I need to remember that. Right. Remember it. The fact of the matter is, is Satan is the one that said it and he said it to Christ. How is that inspirational if you know the rest of the story? So see, this is the danger of taking one verse and turning it into something to make us think. I mean, there's probably been a sermon preached on it by now. Some of these preachers out there. And, and that's not calling anyone on the carpet by name because I don't know if I've ever heard a sermon on it. But let me explain to you, there's probably been a sermon preached on that about how if you will just bow down and worship Him, everything will be yours. Well, that's wonderful. And the world does that. They bow and worship Satan every day. And everything does become theirs. And as we look at this today, one of the things that I see is that, that I, this verse out of Luke, Luke 4, 7, is not the same as Psalm 37, 4. And yet, there's a danger where folks could really turn it into that. There's a danger where we could really take that and turn it into something different. See, the reality of where we're at right now in this is this. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself also in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37, 5 says this, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in Him and He shall bring it to pass. All right? Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He shall bring it to pass. Verse 6, He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because of Him who prospers in His way because the man who brings wicked schemes to pass cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. We have become so wrapped up in the rat race of life in trying to turn life into what the world says it should be, that we've caused ourselves pain, we cause ourselves hurt, we cause ourselves trouble in the world. You see what it's saying here? Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. does not mean that if you put all your faith and trust in God, He will give you everything you want. No, it means that He will give you the actual desires that your heart wants. Hear me out. Does that make sense? He's not telling you that the worldly desires that are in your heart are going to be yours and that he will bring them to pass. What he's telling you is, if you will trust in me and you will give me your heart and you will come to me and you will allow me to take that point, the desires that you have will be given to you by me. I am in control of your life and I'm going to give you what you need and you will want those things because I'm putting that in your heart. That is the desire that you now have for the things around you. And the desire is to love people. That desire is to go out and be a Christian and serve as Christ served. That desire is to come in here and love one another as we have talked about over the last few weeks. The desire of our heart will become the desires of his heart for us if we trust in Him and delight in Him and allow that to hold on to us today. You see, this is where we haven't gotten it right. 
Because we want to go out and preach the message of prosperity. This message of, well, if I delight in the Lord, he's going to give me everything I want. Great, grand, wonderful. I'm glad you feel that way. But here's the thing. That's not true. Your wants are nothing when it comes to what the Lord wants for you. Your wants are worldly flesh and desires. Your wants are what got us into this place in the first place because there's nothing good in us other than the fact that God has made good through us in Him. See, He came and died and His blood has given us the opportunity now to live and understand. The blood has given us an opportunity to be seen clearly by God and not through the guise of sin. Let me present one more thing to you this morning. And I have felt on this on a couple of occasions and I have had to really reflect on this. But you see, Christ on the cross, one of the biggest misconceptions, and we'll talk about this as well. One of the biggest misconceptions that I believe we as a church have today is that God turned his back on Christ. And one of the things that's told within the church is that God couldn't stand to look on sin. And I'm as guilty as anybody of actually saying this to people. I'm not sure I've said it here, but I know that I've had to really think about this for a while. And here's where I stand on it at this point. God didn't turn his back on Christ because of the sin. Because if God couldn't stand to look on sin, then he couldn't stand to look on us because that's all we are. What God did, God broke his heart that day when he put Christ on the cross because it was his own son. You see, the greatest joy, and I know I've said this here, the greatest joy that we can ever understand in life, the greatest understanding we could ever have of how God feels for us, his children, is being a parent ourselves. Now, I'm not a parent, so I can't speak to how it feels. But what I can say is this. Tell me another thing in life that is closely related to God and what he did on this earth. Besides being a parent. Number one, you create the life. Through a process that creates life. We're not going to go into the details on that. I think we all understand. But we create the life. And then we see that life come and then we nurture. And we let allow to grow and we raise a child. You see, the love a parent has for a child. There's not a greater love that humans can understand on the face of this earth. Except for the love of God for his children. And if you understand the love you have for a child, then you understand the love that God has for you. Because you know that you would do anything for your child. You know that you would give up everything so that your child could have happiness. You know how bad it would hurt if your child had to become a sacrifice for you to save someone else. And you know that you would turn your back from a broken heart before you turned your back on anything that that child was doing. So don't tell me God can't look on sin in that way without understanding that God turned his back on Christ, not because of sin. God couldn't see the pain because it hurt. Even though he knew the outcome, it was his own son. 
That's the understanding that I feel we have here is the fact that right now when we look at these scriptures and we start to see these things come together and we start to see all this thing come down the road, one thing that we do not need to do is misunderstand the promises that God has for us in the word. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart means that God will give you the actual desires that you will have. Not that God will give you the new car or the house or the family that you want, but God will give you the desires to have those things that he wants for you. Because you're delighting in him, which means you're following his way, which means that you're going where he wants you to go. You're leading You're following his example. You're following his lead and he's leading you. It says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. So as we look at this today here at Newland Christian Church, the one thing I can say about this verse and about the verses that are to come over the next few weeks is this. Where we are as a church today, where we are in this moment right now, We should delight ourselves in what God is doing here at Newland and allow him to give us the vision to move forward. That vision is going to be clear. It's going to be concise. And it will be the desire of every heart who is truly seeking him in this building. You see, I came across a statistic. Statistics lie. We know that. So I don't know if it's true or not, but I will say this. I will say that I came across a statistic. I shared it on Facebook one day. And it simply said this, it said that 86% of people who come to the church come because they were invited by a friend. You want to know how many come because the pastor invited them? Like, I think it was 6%. I can go out and invite all day. I'm not going to see a big return. You can go out and invite, and because someone trusts you, because they're your friend, they're going to come. I mean, out of 100 people invited to church, 86 of them invited by a friend. I mean, if we're looking at the percentage of the 100 that came, and then you start to break them down by ones. Okay, 86 of them came because they were invited by a friend. Three or six of them may have come because they were invited by the pastor. You know, another six of them may have come because they heard something on the radio or they saw an advertisement. But we've become very reliant on that 15, 14 to 15% to bring people to church. The greatest thing that we can do to bring anyone to church today is to invite them by our own words. But not only by our own words, but by the actions, the examples. So over the next few weeks, what we're going to look at and what we're going to see and what we're going to hope will happen is that this 2020 vision will become 2020 vision, that things will become clear about where we are going to go. Things will become clear about what life is going to be. So as we close this out today, I just simply want to say this. It starts with attitude. It starts with the attitude that we have about how things are happening in life. We can look at circumstances and situations and and opportunities or we can, we can look at them as opportunities, or we can look at them as destructive situations. We can look at them as chances for us to show God's glory, or we can say, well, I don't have this because I've got this going on in my life. Well, maybe there's a reason you've got that going on in your life. You know, I can look back at my life and say, well, I could be somewhere in the next 20 years. I could have been somewhere 20 years ago doing something different, and I could have a different life today because that, no. Actually, I don't think that's the case because I'm here 
Because this was God's plan. So 20 years ago is not going to matter to where I'm at today or where I could be in 20 more years. Today is not going to matter for where you're at in 20 years. If God's truly in control of your life and leading you and he's giving you those desires and that plan to follow, then here's the thing. What happened 20 years ago? Leave it 20 years ago. What happened 10 years ago? Leave it 10 years ago. Because there's a reason that happened 10 years ago and you're where you're at today. If you're following God, he's been in control the whole time. He hasn't turned you over to your selfish desires, to your sinful lusts. But if you want the desires of your heart that are worldly, keep going for them. That's fine. But those are not the desires God has for you and you're not delighting in the Lord. And that's why there's emptiness in the world. But if we delight ourselves in him, we find our happiness and our joy in him. Then what we find is that the desires that are in our heart are his desires for our life. And we'll continue this story next week with Jeremiah 29, 11 and some of those other verses. But I want us to understand today, it's all about perspective and vision. It's all about the vision that we have as we move forward. It's not about the past. It's not about anything that has happened in your life other than the only thing that happened in the past that is any bearing on your life today is the fact that Christ died on a cross. And his blood was shed for your sin. That's the only thing that has bearing on where you are right now in him. So as we leave this place today, let's understand that. Let's go forward with that in mind and let's invite others to come in and know the joy that we have. Not the happiness that they seek, but the joy, the true joy. Does that mean that every moment we'll be happy? No, but it does mean that there's a joyful heart underneath. A joyful heart that is delighted in God delighted in the Lord and he is giving them the desires of their heart to go and serve, to go and make disciples, to go and do things around them in the world because those are the desires that he has for us. As we close today, I simply say this. If there's a desire in your heart that is not of him, let it go and allow him to be who you delight in. Focus on the delight you can have in God Find that joy, that true joy, the true happiness that comes only through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will bring these things to pass. Those things are not the things the world wants you to set, to have to be happy. Those things may not be the relationship that everybody tells you you need when you're 38 years old and you obviously have been living your life according to God's plan in many ways. and Sorry, that was personal. Um, but, <laughs> but it may not be what they think your life should look like. I can't count how many times in life I've been told my life didn't look like somebody else thought it should. And the only answer I can give them is no, but it's the life that God has for me. Because I cannot speak for someone else. I can't look into your eyes or look into your life and say, well, this is where God wants you. Because I just feel like your life should look like mine or, or someone else's or that it should look this way or that way. I can't speak to that. The only thing I can truly tell you is the only place God wants you is delighting in Him, following His way, and allowing Him to speak the desires into your heart that you then go and follow and pursue and become focused on. Whatever those desires might be. As the church... 
Our desire should be to follow him. To see him bring to fruition the promises that he has made to this body over time. That we will put things back together. He gave us the opportunity and the way to do it. And we're going to. We're going to follow that path. We're going to do what we need to do to move forward with this 2020 vision. And this 2020 vision is going to continue for 14 months. I'm not going to continue a series for 14 months. I'm simply saying this 2020 vision is the vision we're going to have going into that year. And we're going to start now. We're going to be focused on where God wants us to be. We're going to be delighting in Him. And we're going to allow Him to give us the desires of our heart as we move forward today. I'm not going to close with a song because obviously we're short on time. Or we're, I don't know, we've still got to like 4 o'clock. We're good, right? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll make it up. It's only been 30 minutes since I got up here. So just remember that. But uh, folks, let's just simply focus where we're at. Let's delight in God and let's see him move forward for where we need to be. You know, I'm as confused as the next guy sometimes. Sometimes this, the conversation that I have with God, I'm, I'm thinking, God, why are we here? Why did this happen? We had all of this going for us and it's almost like through all of this that's happening here right now. One of the things that I feel God has laid on my heart is this. As I've prayed over, I'm like, why did this happen? Why why are we now where we are? And it's like, because there was a focus problem. We need to refocus to where I needed to be rather than where you thought you needed to be. I'm, I'm as guilty as they come of trying to rush God's will. But we know how that worked out for Abraham. We know how that worked out through the scripture. Trying to rush God's will. God promised Abraham many nations. Well, Sarah was unable to have kids, so here's Hagar. But God promised Abraham and Sarah a promise. He didn't promise Abraham and Hagar. He promised Abraham and Sarah. Because that's how it was going to be. And it took 25 years. This 2020 vision may take until 2040 to complete. But it's going to start right now. Because there's no reason for us to turn our back on what God is doing in our lives. And over the next few weeks, we will look at those verses. We will break down some of those stories that may not be exactly what we thought they were all along. I mean, I've studied hard on this. Because one of the things that I've really come to understand is that it's not always the cookie cutter that we thought it was. It's not always that story that we learned growing up. There's a little bit darker, a little bit different, a little bit better way of telling the story for us to understand. Don't lose heart and think that the Bible's wrong. Just open your mind to understanding that we might be wrong about the Bible sometimes. 